Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey everybody, Davenport here on Alternative Public Radio International tonight, and it is a beautiful evening here in the Northwest. Very, very beautiful. We're so proud that spring has popped through here. We are hoping we do not get any more inclement weather uh, because of our gardens going up and out. Um looking for Ed Johnston to come in here in a minute and uh, be on with me tonight. Is that Ed? Yep, this is me. I'm here. Yeah, Ed, we're live. We're live on the air. And as I said, ladies and gentlemen, glad to have you all on. I'm on with Edward Johnston tonight, and we are going to have a super discussion. Uh, Went to board meetings today, and I will say that they were boring board meetings, but you know, we did liven we did liven things up a little. I always do. We got some resolutions passed today that I was very happy about. And uh one of those resolutions was mine that I wrote and um that will be going into effect immediately tonight, uh, which is the community action team here in the Northwest. We are going to be taking the organizations to the people instead of the people having to find the organizations we're going to work with NAMI National Association for the Mentally Ill we are going to work with any and all nonprofit organizations in uh, Lane County and the surrounding areas and we are going to bring the brochures and flyers and newsletters and all of the information concerning the nonprofit organizations who are doing critical outreach and uh, social work in the Northwest to the people at the shopping centers out there where the people go. We're going to bring them in boxes and we're going to sit out there with our banners. We're going to have the RV wrapped and we're going to talk about community services, community outreach, critical outreach uh, in the Northwest. And we're going to try to bring in more volunteers. We're going to try to teach people democracy 101, if you will, and give them kind of an idea how this whole thing might ought to work in the real world. We're going to be teaching and doing a lot of educating uh, about how to get more involved in your local community and how things work at that level or how they don't work at that level. And, Ed, I thought you would be interested to know that we got our resolution passed today 
for the community action team to hit the streets this spring and summer. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm glad about that. But I think you know my feeling about democracy because we're a Republican form of government. And democracy always backfires. Well, but you know what I'm fighting I mean, right you now. Know what I, you know what I mean by democracy 101. Basically, just teaching people the basics of how their community operates and how it functions and how it works and how the commissioner's court works and how the judges work and how the attorneys work and how the mental health court works and how all right, of these that, things function. That comes under an oath of office, and that's the one point that we need to be educating the people with the oath of offices and what their responsibilities are for their elected and public servants. You know, and that's the point that they need to be educated on knowing how to handle their elected and public servants. Because without them knowing how to handle their public servants, and that's the one thing I preach to everybody, that I don't believe in our government per se because we don't have a government because we the people are the government. We have elected and public servants. And they have obligations by their structure of even taxes, what they have to do for us. You know, I'm in total I'm in total agreement with you. I'm in total agreement with you. I just want you to know that we have to start somewhere and we did start with the community action team. I wrote the proposal. I'll send you a copy of it by the way here in a little while. Okay. Um we have to start somewhere and the local level is as good as any place to start. I didn't want to go, being on so many boards, I do not want to go in there like a radical crazy and start disrupting the boards because they'll kick me out on my arse and I won't be able to interact with any of the key players anymore, as you know. So I'm infiltrating I'm infiltrating from the inside. I'm actually on the boards. So I'm infiltrating from the inside and I'm having to be very careful how I carry myself, as you already know. I'm having mm-hmm. to be very careful how I carry myself. I'm having to be very careful with my temperament. I'm having to be very careful with my aggressiveness. Um, I have to be somewhat politically correct, which I hate. But I did get my resolution passed. We did get a vote on it, and it did pass. And we are going to hit the streets with that information that I said we're going to hit the streets with. Now, while I'm out there on the street, I can talk to people that come up, consumers, about these things. Uh, I'm not going to get in trouble doing it and have them shut the cat team down. Uh, but, no, but no, I agree with you. You're setting it up so this way the police can't walk up and say, you don't have a permit, you don't have rights to do this. Right. We're with the county, so we can do it. We got a, I've got their blessing. I've infiltrated the county. I hope they're listening, and they probably are listening. But I infiltrated the county by being on the boards and having these radical resolutions proposed. And this was a radical re- resolution I proposed, and it did get passed, and I was amazed that it got passed. But you're right. We'll be out there. We'll need a permit. won't need any permissions, and we won't be harassed by the police because the RV will be wrapped in in uh, Lane County Community Action Team and the response team, first response team, disaster team here in the Northwest. So we'll look like a a professional bunch of people when, in fact, we're a bunch of radical crazies on board. (laughs) No, no, you're radical, not crazies. Don't use that terminology. You only want to give the the soldiers out there an opportunity. We all want to give them an opportunity for their craziness. 
Right, right, right. But, you know, but you're right. We will be we will be legal eagle. I mean, as far as uh, the police will probably come up and have coffee and tea with us. Does mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Which oh, absolutely, and that's the one thing that people need to realize what the separation of legal and lawful is, and it's really frustrating that we have to live that game in our in our country. Yeah, it really is. Why don't you give us a little bit of an example of what legal and lawful is, the difference in those two things? Very simple. Lawful is your constitutional-born rights, and that applies to elected, or to uh, lawful bloodline Americans going back to 1884, and that's what the Supreme Court decided, and that's what's been set up. Legal is British government and all registered elected and public servants and foreign administration, and that's uh, legals that come to this country. Has to be registered with FARA, Foreign Administration Registration Act of 1938. That was put in place so that way we don't end up with terrorists uh, in our country like our public servants are doing to most of us today. And that is the horrifying part that our public servants are actually acting more like terrorists today than they're acting like servants. I.e., where we get the word legal ease from. Mm hmm. Yeah. And remember, the legalese came from England, from the Vatican. Yes, of course. course. That's where people don't realize that your Vatican runs a lot of stuff. And I I spent 15 years up in the Capitol, and for bills or laws to get passed, what they call laws, remember they're a bill. And remember what a bill means, they're sending a bill to you. They have to get everything authorized through the Vatican before they get passed through the House and Senate. What is let me ask you this. If the Constitution supersedes statutes and ordinances, then why are we having so much trouble with municipalities extorting people? Because we, the people, ain't standing up and filing the charges of putting these people in jail. We don't have honorable district attorneys because they're out there for personal and financial gain today. They do not even care about their own children. That is the horrifying thing when these elected and public servants don't, do not even care about their own bloodline. Yeah, but Ed, Ed, you have to also understand that the people that I talked to, including the district attorney, which was brought up today at one of the meetings we went to, um, they don't even know what you're talking about. I mean, if they don't know what you're talking about, if the educated academias coming out of law school don't know what you're talking about, then we have to educate them as we brought up in the board meeting today. We need to educate them as to how the system really works. That is the point, and that is a fact. We do have to educate them, you know, and that's where most people are not comprehending that fact. And most of these guys, even when they start getting educated, I mean, I'm still dealing with stuff in Lincoln County. These guys don't even care in Lincoln County. That's why I tell people, don't move to Oregon, man. You don't want to come here because all they're doing is rape, robbing, and pillaging us. And until we get our country or our territory back on track, Don't bring your kids, and especially we've got the worst education programs in the state of Oregon. Our education system is a failure here in Oregon. They do not educate the children on even laws. They do not educate the children on rights and responsibilities. They put them in a category of slavemanship, and so that's where our kids are being so dumbed down today that they're not realizing it. That started back in 1980s because they couldn't have smarter kids than the others because in that way it wasn't politically correct to have children that were smarter than one another. And I think you remember how that started in the 80s. Well, you know that we've created a money machine here, and you know that it's not going to go away anytime soon, and you know that that's why we have statutes and ordinances and so forth and so on, is because it is a money machine for the municipalities. 
And so, ching, ka-ching, 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 the cash register rings. And um, as long as the people keep bending over and taking it, uh, as you said, uh, we're going to have the same system perpetuate itself over and over and over again. Uh, And you and I are out here trying to educate people very slowly and very surely. Uh, But it is going to take time, and we do need... 10 or 15, 25,000 people talking about what you and I are talking about on the same page, though, not divided amongst ourselves all over the United States. That makes mm-hmm. us two or three here and two or three there and four or five there. That doesn't do any good. We need to find a way to bring these folks together who are educators like you are, put them on the same page, even though that's hard to do with the egos as they are, as big as New York fucking <laughs> ego. Ego, ego, ego. That is the problem. They're egos, you know. That's the worst problem, you know, because they think they're better than one another. And the one thing about our country, the beautiful thing is, is there's no competition here. We're all supposed to be equal. That's the point. We're supposed to be equal. How come we're not acting like adults instead? How come we're still acting like little children over candy bars? You know, arguing over candy bar. Let me ask you this, Ed. How many groups do you belong to that you really like a lot? And it could be one or it could be a hundred. How many how many groups do you belong to where you're really highly respected and you feel like you're making some headway, you're getting the news out, you're getting the message across? Tell me the honest to God's truth. Oh, I got several dozen right now that I'm working on that are people are paying attention. And the other thing I'm working on right now, which I was uh, impressed, is I'm working on a deal for the state of Oregon for a lawful rights to travel for a senator right now. So this way we can put that in. So it's not a driver's license. All right? This way we have the lawful rights to travel, and it's going to be a a license, a a traveler's card. So this way, you know, because I believe, and I really do believe that we need to have not registration, but some knowledge of who's who in our country, you know, so this way we're not going after each other. We have to know who is lawful and legal in the country. We have to know, and those ones who are not lawful need to be registered with FARA, the way their system was set up since World War II. So this way we are protecting ourselves. And that's the one thing that we've had, no offense, but with a democracy system, they're not even doing anything protecting any of us from the evasion that's going on from the foreigners coming in. And then all of a sudden, we're paying for their housing and we're paying for their food. Now, we're supposed to, lots of Americans are supposed to be signing off their water, electricity, and food bills. We're supposed to be having this because this is what's already paid under the 1933 Banking Act under House Resolution 192. We're supposed to be getting that, and it's not supposed to be going to foreigners and foreign aid and all the foreign countries. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the disturbing part, that we're not protecting our own bloodline. And it is true that it is lack of education. Mm-hmm. That is the major point. It's lack of education and knowledge. You know, yeah, We're not you doing know. that. The schools don't even do it. Let me ask you about the driver's license, and let me specifically ask you about insurance. Now, I've had a few wrecks in my time. I've had five, five, six, eight, ten wrecks in my time. almost died in a couple of them. Uh, Insurance saved my life a couple of times. And uh, just recently, insurance saved my life. And, uh, you know, 
not only for medical bills, which I didn't have, but it did save my life uh, giving me a check for another vehicle, which I wouldn't have had. I could have been homeless at that point if I hadn't have had a way to recover those expenses because the wreck wasn't my fault. And, and thankfully, the other party was insured. Now, what are we going to do about people out here running into each other if they don't have a driver's license? Are they going to have some kind of insurance? Can they go ahead and purchase insurance? That's the point. And so uh, Clinton got in office. We used to have traveler's insurance in this country. I remember And Clinton that. was the one who got rid of traveler's insurance. That's the problem is knowing where, what, and how things have developed over the years of what transpired. And he did that dealing with right after he did March 3rd, 1997, when he signed over our Social Security to the Queen of England. Okay, but it's still a contact now. Social Security was set up to protect lawful Americans. It's not for immigrants. It's not for the rest of the world. Social Security, you know, insurance was a private insurance. It's not a government insurance. It's 100% private. Right. I know it is. You know, and it's to protect we the people. It's not to protect the other structure. But the other point, the other point with your question on the insurance is like the state of Oregon says that you have to have at least $50,000 into a bank account or a trust fund set up. So in case you do get an accident, you have the basics covered because your basic auto insurance is $50,000 in coverage. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, but who has $50,000 to put up a bond? Well, do you, uh, if, for those who actually have assets like a home, you know, that's considered that because the whole point is is that you're supposed to have the opportunity to make amends before you go to court. There well, are court I, can, systems I, I, can, I can guarantee you people are not going to be willing to put up their home or their boats or their ski jet skis or anything else, their vacation home for an, an accident that might happen somewhere down the road. Well, no, I'm not disagreeing with you that. I mean, because not everybody's honorable. But the other point that disturbs me with that is sometimes when you get an auto access and stuff, it's more than $50,000 on uh, uh, personal uh, property damage or PIP. Well, and or medical can run that quick overnight. Oh, yeah. That could, yes, it could definitely go that quick overnight. You know, and that is the point, you know. But then again, when you register your car in the state of Oregon, and you can type in Ed Johnston with Senator Arnie Roblin, and you can type me in because when you register your vehicle in the state of Oregon, your $10 of that goes into an uninsured motorist fund. There is well over several billion dollars missing out of the fund. And you can listen to Senator Roblin's uh, statement to me on that video. It goes, oh, Ed, it's already spent. We can't go back and get it. Yes, we can. We know where the funds are. It's our assets. Just because we have to take it out of probably your bank account, Roblin, right. okay, well, we know where the money is. We know where the assets is. Because, I mean, we, when you pay your electricity bills and all this, there's an insurance policy already tapped into it that's supposed to protect the lawful Americans. And those things were put in place back in the 1930s after the Bankruptcy Act because that was part of House Resolution to protect the separation of lawful and legal. Mm -hmm. And then after, what was it, uh, was uh, oh, Johnson, after Johnson got elected, it just went crazy because after um, um, Kennedy was assassinated, and if anybody knows the history with Kennedy, why he was really assassinated, he was going back to the Greenbacks. Yeah. He was going to drop the United States Treasury notes. Mm -hmm. So he was, this country was going to go back to making its own money, we were going to back our own assets up in this country with our own structure, 
And that had a lot to do with why Kennedy was assassinated, because the following day after Kennedy was assassinated, uh, Johnson rescinded Executive Order 111110. And you can type it in and read it. And that gave us back our country and our rights back. You know, and we weren't going to get involved in the Cuba fight. That's the one thing Kennedy was not going to get involved with. His CIA was trying to set us up to go to war with Cuba. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like stepping out of the movie and watching the production, how it works compared to what we're led to believe, and especially what the mainstream media tells you. You know, I mean, I had friends of mine that, you know, in 2002, I recalled the school board here in Lincoln County, 100% the entire school board. Uh, in 2004, I proved when they closed down the Arden Coast Fisheries, Patty Burke lied to the world, and it was all fraud to take away our hunting and fishing subsistence, uh, hunting and fishing rights away. Because Oregon in 2002, you did not need a hunting and fishing license at all, so long as that you were a lawful American and you were a subsistence fishery and you were fe- eating the food, not for commercial purposes. Mm-hmm. All right, because we have rights, and so long as we're not involved in commercial. And if you understand what commercial means in our Constitution, commercial was set up so interstate we could do business without paying taxes. And But today, democracy has overrun that and stating that, you know, they have the rights that they're claiming, the federal government is claiming they have the right to run commercial in each state, which they do not, even under the Constitution. But this is the point. People don't read this stuff for what the words say. They go by interpretations. And remember, attorneys do interpretations, and that's what gets us in trouble because the attorneys are registered with the Queen of England. Every attorney has to be registered with the Vatican. And the judges and the judges normally just go along with the attorney's uh, research and uh, whatever they've done as far as looking at documents and talking to the client or the prosecutor, such and such. The judge doesn't even look at these things. Most of the cases that I work and have worked, uh, the judge just walks in and, and hops on the bench and he doesn't know what the hell's going on. He just leaves. well, yeah, he's the, called the banker over your birth certificate bond, and he does know what's going on because without him being able to generate the finances out of your birth certificate bond, I'm talking about he doesn't know what's going on with the particular cases. He oh yeah, but that's the frustration with him. Not to interrupt you. That's the frustration, but his obligation under oath, he's supposed to pay attention to that. But they just want to rush it through because. It's a number to them. Yeah, because the attorneys have already made the deal. They've already done the deal most of the time. Ninety-five percent of the time, the attorneys have already done the deal. And all the judges, all he's there for is to just go ahead and say, yeah, whatever, let's do it. Okay, 90 days or three years or 50 years or whatever. Right, and we're going to plea bargain somebody down even though that they shouldn't go to jail because – we're going to sit there, and we need more money in the jails, so that way we're going to do that and bill it well, on the billing process. People. They're threatening people with plea bargain. You know, they're threatening people. I hear attorneys <clears> all the time say, oh, you better plea bargain because, you know, you could get 50 on this one. I mean, hey, if we don't plea bargain, we could plea bargain this down to five years. You know, hey, well, hell, if I'm facing 50 fucking years, yeah, I'm going to plea bargain for five. Well, that's what people is. I mean, I, they tried to run me through the gamut last year. Uh, because I helped some people out, and uh, cops arrested me because I told them how they couldn't serve arrest warrants because a grand jury, a grand jury has to serve arrest warrant. A judge cannot write arrest warrants, and that's the one thing. That's a separation of legal and lawful. 
Your lawful courts and that structure has to go through a grand jury. A legal system, a judge does it, and that's just like me writing a ticket and sending it to you, and if you don't pay it, you know, and if you don't respond to that contract, I can go after you through a court saying that you didn't respond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't realize, what the education is all about and the knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, we forget how to educate one another, too. That's the other point that we're having in this country. <clears throat> because kids are too busy watching TV. I always recommend that children should not watch TV until they're 12 years old. They shouldn't drink sugar soda pop because soda pop is the number one uh, diabetes uh, structure. Even diet soda pop is worse than regular soda. Yeah, it is. You know, and so and that's what people don't do. It. I mean, I sat there one afternoon with a lady sitter because the kid was a uh, kid was having a fit and wanted to have uh, its uh, soda for somebody else that was drinking soda and was having a fit. And another lady was going to call the cops on the mother because the mother didn't want the kid to have soda. And the lady's panicking, going, well, I'm going to call the cops on you for not giving your kid soda. Mm-hmm. Of course, I had to jump up and say, what are you nuts, you crazy so-and-so? Yeah. You know, the mother has a right. I mean, all right, so you know, you're going to tell this mother what to do, and they start telling you what to do with your kid. Yeah. And then she got so upset with me over that one, but it's like, if you're going to do that, this is where the, the rights come into a place compared to privileges. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the point. People are not educated in knowing what their rights and responsibilities are, because that goes back to, you know, with the rights to travel. You have a right to travel, but it is your liability of responsibility. When did we lose? You know? sense, uh, when did we? When did we lose sense of all of this? When did we fall off the wagon of common law and fall into this legalese? When did that happen? What year or years were we looking at here that we kind of fell? It started realistically after '67 when the House was elected. The Democrats were elected to the House, and that's when they started doing with the attorneys and all the structures. They were waiting in the background for years to move. But they couldn't move until uh, the Republicans lost the House, yeah. you know, because the House controls the funding and the House controls the, the expenditures. And so that's when it left. That's when it fell. And then, you know, we had Johnson and then we had uh, Nixon. And, I mean, there were some things Nixon did actually was good for this country, but a lot of things for a lot of reasons, you know. And that's where people do not realize that, why they called him Tricky Dicky. How many? Yeah. How many? How many people? Um, how many people have listened to Ed Johnston and other Ed Johnstons out there? How many people have listened and learned and won the game? And how many people are running free of contracts and running free of driver's licenses that you know that have been successful? I don't expect you to have any testimonies here because I've been on this thing for a few years. Um, how many people are running what you what you would say very successful off the contract, off the grid, off the? Well, road? I know a lot of people myself, you know, and that's where I was doing it myself. But because I've been educating, that's how come they went after me so hard because people were actually paying attention to me about how they had to file their rights and file their structures so this way they didn't have to play the gamut. You know, and I even got Kate Brown on record admitting you don't need a driver's license. Did they get you? Know, you? When she was Secretary they, of State. Did they get you? Did they get you for acting as an attorney in some cases? Well, actually, they they tried to do that at one point, but then again, I have the laws that says that uh, 
you can be an attorney because attorney is not is a registered uh, corporation member. It's not a license. It's a registered club mem- membership. And so the Supreme Court has stated, and I've got the things that I filed in my affidavits and stuff, that anybody, anybody could be an attorney. But I don't claim that because I don't want the liability of entitlement uh, because under Title 13 of the Constitution, if you're claiming title, that's treason against the country. Yeah. You know, so I'm not going to put myself in that bond. I just want to be able to be respectful and have honor. And I expect those around to have honor. I mean, and that's the point. If we teach our youngins to have honor and respect, you know, we will not have the problems we have right now today. I mean, it's just so simple, folks. It's really so simple. We don't get taught responsibility. The schools have already failed us, you know, so we can stop a lot of this stuff today, you know. But it's our responsibility to stop it and educate ourselves. Now, what I did is I put up, and I'm going to put it back up on uh, your wall. Um, I put up a deal where I actually have a, a notarized copy from the Queen of England saying the 1776 Constitution is the law of the United States. Okay. Okay, and that is the point. Is, and the, the Vatican signed off on it. All the other countries signed off on it. You know, and it's knowing what our rights are compared to privileges. Now, when it comes to the lawful legal structure, the legals have to pay their taxes in a structure. That's what the real person, the real reason of the IRS. And it's like stepping out of the movie, watching the production of how our forefathers lined us up to protect our, our ancestry. Because remember, if you don't have a bloodline in two or three generations, you become extinct. Think about mm-hmm. this one, folks. Mm-hmm. You become extinct. Mm-hmm. All right? The only way that we have our soul white or the being down the road and all this afterlife people want to talk about is your bloodline. Because if you don't have grandchildren and great-grandchildren, there's no such thing as afterlife. You're dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, step out of the production and watch how our life is working. You know, and that's where most people are not, they don't comprehend it. And then when you step out of the movie and you start putting the productions together and you start going, well, shit, I never thought about it that way. Never saw it in that fashion. Okay, but now you can see how it works. Now we have responsibilities to the children to make sure that they are protected. They are liable. Okay, and that's the one thing. I mean, what I did is, that's the one thing I've thrown in a monkey wrench into the state that, um, oh, hang on, so I'll pull it up here. I did my own coroner's report. Okay, because, I mean, the point is we need to know if we're left or die because your birth certificate, if you look at your birth certificate and the red numbers, and that's your red numbers on your Social Security number, all right, that's a registered bank account number, mm-hmm. all right? And your birth certificate actually says a bank note on on your birth certificate. Mm-hmm. And that's where people don't realize that you could claim that you own it, but you don't. I know people that have gone out – they wanted to sign this off, and their structure was only so that way you could sign your basics off. It's not that you go out and buy a Mercedes Benz and all this other stuff. I mean, it's your basics, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where people don't get your basics. They think, oh, because we're supposed to have something more fancier. Now, to me, the basics is your four-wheel drive car, you know, or your four-wheel drive uh, SUV or truck, so that way at least, you know, in the winter and snow, you're, you're able to travel without being stuck. 
Mm-hmm. And then, of course, sometimes in our weather, especially in Oregon, you don't want to go out. <laughs> you know, especially right. how deep our snow gets and the frozen, frozen. You know, you don't yeah. want. To, you don't want to take the chances, but sometimes I mean, in my profession, I used to have to sit there and go out at night and travel for my job, you know. So, but also too, that takes responsibility of driving that type of weather, not to go beyond thirty miles an hour, sometimes even ten, fifteen. Well, you know so, that you know that the judges and the courts and the cops and law enforcement are not going to agree with you so easily because of what you're teaching and what you're training the people to believe uh you're training them and teaching them to believe everything that's antithetical uh and completely opposite to what our system how our system runs no no how we're getting educated i've actually been terrified a few times where i've had the, those lights behind me coming up behind me and all of a sudden i pull over i'm thinking oh my god because i've had guns pointed at me and stuff for educating this I've had, when I put one of my bills on the Senate floor, that was 2005, that was to put your lawful rights of subsistence and hunting and fisheries in place, okay? And uh, when I put that bill in, that was 2005, and in 2008, I was going to make a, a public uh, structure on it to be a ballot title, and Newport Cops literally tried to beat me to death over that because they don't want you to know that you have a right to feed yourself without the permission of the king. Mm-hmm. You know, the king is a state corporation, and that's the point. We do have these things that are that way, all right? But the point comes down to is responsibly educating ourselves, talking these things out, not arguing over stuff because people are entitled to their opinion, all right? But as I say, even up at the Capitol, and I've got this on public record too, opinions are like diapers. They need to be changed regular, like the public officials. They're no mm-hmm. different than a diaper. They need to be mm-hmm. changed but under a democracy system, that's what it is. But in our system of a republic system, we're not supposed to be involved with elected public officials. I actually got laws. The Supreme Court says that your elected public officials are not even supposed to have any contact with you. Their job is to be enforcers over elected and public servants. Mm-hmm. And they're supposed to be going after you. And that's, they're supposed to be protecting us from the elected and public servants. And that's including tickets and citations, because I've even got the laws, and I filed that in my city where I'm dealing with that, with their their assassination attempts on me, and I finally got that on record by the DA. Mm -hmm. And so nobody wants to deal with me right now because everybody's panicking because I filed on a separation of lawful and legal. And I told the city that they have to prove that they're lawful and legal, and I've actually written up the criminal charges to prove they're lawful and legal. You know, and so if they admit that they're legal, then they can go to prison, which some of them need to do. And then the other one is lawful. I give them the benefit of doubt, all right, but then they have to make amends, and some of them still might go to jail, you know, for abusing their privilege, their privilege. Remember, they are the privileged personnel, Mm -hmm. not you, the people, even when it comes down to immigrants, all right? So long as you're coming into this country legal to lawful, and that's where me and my associate have written one hell of a piece because we separated the legal and lawful point, and we served that to Scalia, as I said before, because we served that to Scalia 10 days before what happened to him because we want to make sure people, you know, I mean, we're talking years of research, putting this together, going through congressional records, through the mm-hmm. Supreme Court, through even the, the cities, states, or mainly, excuse me, the uh, states and federal uh, records, and it's putting it together. 
You know, I mean, and that's the point. And all what I'm going to do here in a minute, and I'm going to put this up on your 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 Facebook site on federal taxes, so people can read even on federal taxes. Federal taxes are voluntary. You know, and that's the point. They are voluntary. I just got a link from somebody that says every time they try to hit the alternative radio station, the site keeps crashing on them. The site keeps crashing. Uh, Ed just got a message. Every time they try to hit the alternative uh, station, it keeps crashing. Go check it and see what's going on. Yeah, please do that, folks. Get a response back to the killer so we know what's going on. And then the other point is, see, this is the other point that uh, people are not comprehending, and I know that they're not pleased with me because, I mean, I've proven this, that a district attorney, and let me get back over here, Mm -hmm. a district attorney, this is the point, District attorneys, when you go into court, if there's not an injured party, right. a district attorney is a hearsay witness. Mm-hmm. Hearsay is not admissible in any court. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, we know that. I mean, they even say that on TV and these CIS and these talk shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. 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 You know, but I mean, and that's the point of education that everybody watches these TV programs and it goes, well, you have a constitutional right, and you're entitled to an attorney. Well, also, too, you have to be charged with a criminal offense. You cannot be charged for a ticket. All okay. right? Even the, this, the state attorney, I mean, the uh, um, uh, Department of Justice came out and stated to all the judges and everything, and this is what the, they have all the records of this, mm-hmm. Department of Justice told them that they cannot arrest people for not paying fines and anything anymore. It's unconstitutional. We're not crazy. Right? But remember, this is how these people make their income and their salaries. At the... right I was telling her, I was telling her, I'm listening to the station right now. I'm listening to you and I live. Wait a minute. Oh, no, we're fine. I'm talking on air, and I'm hearing myself talking over air on air. So, yeah, it's not crashed. <laughs> it's open. It's wide open. So uh, whoever's listening out there. It must be your computer because I'm I'm listening to Ed and I live on APRI right now. So you might want to check your computer. Uh, clean. Or restart it. Or restart it. Yeah, restart it and do a C clean and a defrag. If you have a defrag uh, cleaner, do a defragmentation and a C clean. Everybody should do that at least once a week. Uh, I, well, I think everybody should do it at least every other day. Well, yeah, every other, every other day. Yeah. For sure, for sure. And keep your drivers up to date, folks. My God, keep your drivers up to date. I had like 400 drivers that were out of date, antique. So, you know, you make sure and check those drivers. And I recommend to you all to go get, uh, I recommend you go get, uh, where is it here? Uh, Shit. Advanced System Care 9. Get advanced. System Care 9. It's free. Well, it's not free. I'm sorry. It's a one time of 20, I think 25 bucks or something will get you a, a forever uh, cleaner that does everything. Advanced System Care 9. So there you go. So, Ed, uh, I'm sure you've had a lot of people coming after you and a lot of people thinking that you're completely nuts. I'm sure you've had it all happen to you and you're in your lifetime of uh, doing this kind of work, right? Oh, yeah. So I've had the system come after me many times. I've sat there up at the Capitol and even argued with attorneys and stuff in the background. But remember, 
attorneys are sitting there working for a foreign corporation. All attorneys are registered with the Vatican. And that's the one thing people don't realize. Attorneys didn't come into the United States until the late. I'm going to start putting this stuff up in your news personality Facebook wall. Please do, yeah. You know, because we didn't have attorneys start being relevant into this country until the 70s. Even yeah. though they started putting schools in this country in the late 1800s after the Civil War. Yeah. And that's the one thing I want to bring up. Every good and all I've said about the Confederate flag. Well, learn your flag history. The Confederate flag, the one that they're arguing about from the Dukes of Hazard, that was actually the British Southern wartime flag. The British yes, funded was. the South. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. You know, and it's knowing the separation of lawful and legal. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the point that most of us are not uh, taught that education. And if they taught the education and we knew the structure, I mean, at least the one thing I got to say when I went to school in California, and that was in the 1980s when they got rid of the, um, what do they call that, uh, uh, so, not social studies, uh, civics. Civics, civics. You know, we were actually taught the structure of lawful and legal at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was the beauty of it. We were actually taught it. And, we When we went through that course, they actually said lawful and legal, and they walked us through the structure. And I was really proud with the, with the instructors back then because, I mean, we understood we were taught properly, and so we knew that. And if you wanted to be on the legal side, you knew what your rights and responsibilities were. And if you wanted to be on the lawful side, you didn't pay in the tax system. You didn't get involved. But elected and public servants and remember, registered church members have to pay taxes if you're a registered voter. Because a registered voter, this is where people don't comprehend about voting. When you are a registered voter, you are giving your authority over to your elector. Uh-huh. Yes. Remember, it's called elector. I'm not so sure. you're giving your authority over to that man or woman because you are saying to basically the world, that you are a child, you're irresponsible for your actions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and that's where people do not comprehend that reality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and this is how it all falls down. It phases right into the structure of this stuff. Let me let, me, I wanna, let me let me be the devil's advocate here and say that most of the people that I know like you, Ed, are homeless, they're broke, they're have warrants out for their arrest. They're always in trouble with the law. They're always stressed out and worried who's going to be knocking on the door next. They're living with neighbors and friends and relatives. What's going on with that? And I know a lot of people like you, Ed. What's going on with that? Is it so hard? Is it that difficult to to maneuver to get out of the system? To No, it's not that difficult to maneuver to get out of the system, but the point is, is if they get pulled over and stuff, it's called respect. That was the point I was trying to get in that I didn't finish a little bit ago. I mean, like I said, I've been pulled over at times where I'm thinking, oh, my God, am I going to have guns shoved in my face again? Am I going to go through this trauma? And, you know, what is he going to do? The road pirate's going to try to make how much money off of me this time. And I've had our cops actually come up and ask me, hey, you know, I did this in the case, and I screwed up here. How do I get out of it? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, oh, oh shit, I'm going to take that as respect and, and honor at that point because, you know, and then, all right, here's how you can make amends. And I go through a few statements and the structure of how you can do it to get out of the situations where they made their, I would say, boo-boo. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's the point of responsibility. And the, believe me, the elected and public officials in the police department know what they're doing on rape, robbing, and pillaging on the birth certificate bonds. They actually go to class on it when you get elected. Mm-hmm. I know. I have been elected official. Mm-hmm. I opted out of the classes, and that was the other point they got upset about me because I knew the separation. So I opted out of going that, and they're like, are you really sure you don't want to do this and that, Ed? You know, you should do this. And it's like, no, I'm not going to be in controlled circumstances of that structure to be told what to do. You know, I mean, that's the, you know, it's like even in Oregon, you know, it's like saying that you can't collect rainwater. Everybody's terrified of growing food. Believe me, I got buckets right out in front of my them that I'm notoriously known for collecting rainwater. And when uh, Kulangoski was the one who passed the bill in, uh, what was that, 2009, I think it was, seven or nine, uh, he was trying, they were trying to pass the bill that the state of Oregon owned the water that came from God. Well, because Nestle, they were making a. Huh? Nestle, Nestle said that they owned the water. That's what they were trying to claim. That's when Kulangoski did it, and that's what they're dealing with Cape Brown. Cape Brown has not signed that contract. But Nestle doesn't have authority on it. But Nestle's saying that if you don't pay them the privilege to have water, you shall die. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and wake up, folks. They're telling you if you don't pay your food and water bill, you shall die. Your children don't matter. You shall die, and so should your children. Okay, and this is ending the bloodline, you know. That's why they're trying to bring in, uh, I forgot the senator's name, says that we should bring in $1.9 million, million uh, refugees and stuff every single year. The mm-hmm. Constitution says maximum 50,000 every other year. Mm-hmm. Maximum. All right? And they well, have the, the, Constitution, the Constitution there again is a living, breathing document, as you know that many of our forefathers have said, and this living, breathing document is capable of change. Right, but see, the point is, we don't want to change it, because if you change that instrument, once the instrument is changed, the whole thing falls. The whole thing's not worth a damn. Well, there's That's where few. people do not comprehend, because they are getting taught that we can vote and change the Constitution. That's in a democracy, all right? In a democracy, when Rome did that, that's why Rome fell. Mm-hmm. So let's step out and look how history has gone. Well, I'll admit, I'll admit, I'll admit, if we start monkeying around with the Constitution, it's going to be screwed. Yeah, that's the whole point. And see, until we start realizing and reading the Constitution and understanding, I mean, and I don't like using the word understand because I don't stand beneath nobody. But if we start opening our, you know what I mean. <laughs> but it's like, you know, uh, I mean, this is the point that people don't realize. I want to hit this point with a treaty of 1213. This is where, remember, all this structure in the Bible came from a foreign country that invaded, invaded this country. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, the treaty of 1213, and I mentioned this before, this goes back dealing with England and King John when they used to rape, rob, and pillage for the name of God and Pope, Mm -hmm. you know? And so when they decide to stop and type in the Treaty of Bononia, 1213, that's where, and everybody knows what I'm talking about, 1215 with the Magna Carta. King John was the one that the Magna Carta passed before he was murdered or died, one way or the other. That's hard to say in the history because nobody can tell the truth, or nobody knows the basic truth back then. 
Mm-hmm. You know, but he got that through, so this way it protects it. So that's way you could own your land, and this goes back to England, where you could actually own your land, and that way the church didn't have control over you. And right now we're living that today. I mean, your churches in your local communities are all running your food share programs. How come the churches are running the food share programs? How come the people in the community are not? Yeah, well, because the churches are going in and they're getting, with your Social Security number when you go to church and you go to these organizations, and they say, give me your Social Security number, and they build a state for you, and they're getting checks on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you're, and they're using your Social Security number. And remember, your Social Security number, and let me get back here. I want to read this so this way people really comprehend the fact. Okay, uh, let me get down here on this one page. I just put it up on your wall. That's my uh, uh, coroner's report. Okay, and this is the one thing that, you know, I mean, I'm doing my coroner's report because, I mean, I'm claiming my, my birth certificate. I'm claiming that I own me, you know, and you'll see this where the Vatican owns you and the Pope brings out this stuff. But Title Eight USC Code 1401, this is why I, do, I tell people don't call yourself a natural citizen. Naturals are citizens of the United States at birth, okay? When this went through FDR on March 9th, 1933, this is part of the Banking Act that happened in transition for the debt, all right, for the future debt to the corporation of the government. Remember, the government is a foreign corporation registered in the latest one. Uh, that's coming up to end, and that was registered in 1925 in Florida. But it states clearly that all your birth certificate bonds, and this goes back to 1933, were set up at $630,000 banknotes on your birth certificate bond. And it even gets better. This is the one thing. This gets better. If you are a United States citizen, you are, this is how they're getting away with it. This is what I'm trying to explain to people. If you are a United States citizen, we're declared enemies of the United States itself. Mm-hmm. So you're a foreigner coming to this land and you are declaring an enemy. Mm-hmm. And that is FDR Executive Order 2040. Okay? And see, this is the point. If we have, you know, I, I'm not against immigration, but they have to do it legally to lawfully. Mm-hmm. Because that means you're going to be doing your five generations to pass your bloodline down. That's why the IRS is set up, so that way they can take the funding, because that funding is not only supposed to offset, but we're supposed to cover the, the, the you know, we the lawful bloodline, all right? And it's for, separated compared to foreign countries in a dictatorship, because the dictator gets all the funding. That yeah. money is supposed to come back to us, because they sit there and go, with your property taxes, all this, we're spending the money in your behalf, and you have representation on your taxes, it's the same thing in every foreign country. You don't have representation even on your own toilet paper. No, no, no. Let me ask you, what a what would the perfect world look like of Ed Johnston? Let's just start from the basics. And what would the perfect world look like if everyone would listen to Ed Johnston in, say, five years? What would the perfect world of Ed Johnston look like? Oh, shit, man. We would have so abundance of food resources out there. You know, I'm not against the commercial industry, okay? But the point is, is that, you know, we the lawful Americans should not be forced to sit there and and sell off our bloodline or children for food, all right? And even immigrants, I mean, they wouldn't go hungry because what is it? We throw, I think it was 63 billion uh, billion, uh, million tons of food out a year. 
Yes. All right. You know, I mean, if I have extra in the pot, I'm going to give somebody a bowl of soup or something. I'm not going to sit there and deny somebody hunger. Well, the world, you know, the, you, you brought up a, a good issue here. Uh, the world's food problem is not having enough production, Ed. It has nothing whatsoever to do with having enough production. What it has to do with is storage. We do not have the proper storage facilities. That's oh, no. the problem. That's the problem, okay? All of our uh, major crops that are grown, believe it or not, come from a lot of near third world countries and developing countries in Asia and China and Russia and Indonesia and Pac- you know Pakistan even and India and our problem is storage uh, with the world's hunger problem. It's not we're not able to grow enough. It's we're not able to store the food properly. We're not able to get it to market properly for the small farmers. A lot of people you know, don't, don't realize this. Well, that's the other point: market. Because see, we don't need to start having all this stuff marketable because we can can food. Somebody's hand hungry. Yeah, you know, we got in situations we can can food. People have been canning food since the 1800s when they realized how to can food. We do have the solutions to these issues, but it's making them work and, and, and come to effect so that way they actually do work. And if foreign, actually uh, work- foreign countries, as I, I'll state again, foreign countries have plenty of food. They're just not able to keep it without the rodents and the roaches and the moths and the lice and the mice getting into it. <laughs> But most of them don't want to learn how to actually save and produce the food in production because the government won't allow it. They are learning with non-governmental organizations, NGOs. This is one of my areas of expertise in IR, international relations. They are learning to do these things slowly, but surely there's educators out there like yourself that are working in the field around the world in all of these countries trying to teach and trying to manipulate the governments to get the money to the right places, to the right people, to do the right projects. And they're having as much trouble as you are with what you're trying to do and what I'm trying to do. They're having the same kind of problem that we are dealing with bureaucracies. So Mm -hmm. it's not that they don't have the food. It's that the food rots. I want, I want America to really listen to me tonight. This is a big deal. The food is rotting around the world. <laughs> it's not being distributed properly. So it's a major problem with distribution. It's a major problem with storage. It's not that we can't grow enough damn food. It's that we don't know how to store it. And if, if what you're saying, Ed, we need to send some storage units overseas. <laughs> well, the other point is, is how come they're not turning it over in the soil and their food production is they throwing it in the dumpsters and the garbage heaps. They are. A lot of it goes in the trash heap. A lot of it goes in the trash heap because they don't even have the proper skills and the proper education to learn to turn it into mulch and to learn to turn it into fertilizer, natural organic fertilizer. So mm-hmm. it's a matter, like you said, Ed, it's a matter of a lack of education and a lack of enough people on the front line who give a damn to teach in the first place. That's the problem here. And that, that is the major problem and the major issue, and the point is education. You know, and we have the education, but it's not getting out there. It's like I keep watching this because uh, I don't have TV, so I watch stuff on YouTube, and I, and I search for my news. I search for the research, and if I don't like it, you know, I'll call senators and congressmen and get the information, what they're doing on Senate bills and stuff like this. Okay, 
Well, there's this commercial where this Taiwan, I think it's Japan, Japan, and the guy's, you know, got this water production in uh, Africa, you know, and he's charging everybody a penny or two cents and uh, uh, two cents for a gallon of water, yeah. and they're doing this in Africa to purify the water, which yeah. really pisses me off. Yeah. Because in the 1970s, we spent over one billion dollars to Africa for putting in a so-called water treatment plant that was supposed to filter out the salt water yes. that would have separated the salt water from and to combine the water, which he's doing, all right, and we already paid for it, and it should have been free the rest of eternity. Yes, I know. And the problem also is these NGOs are connected to private corporations, unfortunately, which get in on the deal. The minute a country starts picking up its agro-business, these corporations are sitting there like vultures waiting to go in and grow and do the GMO thing. And, of course, GMOs have been very vital in these third-world countries. GMOs have been very, 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 very important. These genetically modified seeds have been vitally important to the health and nutrition of these people. But uh, at the same time, I'm not promoting GMOs. I'm just saying that they have been vitally important to the farmers in these regions who aren't able to grow uh proper crops without foliage well, and, and rot and 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 uh failed crops and you know from from rodents and and, and uh infestations and all these other things so gmo gmos have served a purpose in these third <clears throat> to a degree but remember what it's doing to your body it's changing your organization or organizing uh, your organs i know in your body yeah I know. And the point is, is that all we had to do is just send them the trash of the food in this country over for fertilizer. You send them the seeds, and they've got it. Well, they they've, they've, got enough, they've got enough waste of their own. They're well, that's true. Most of the food, ten percent to fifteen to eighteen percent of the food you eat has got African feces all over it. Because oh yeah, I mean even don't forget don't forget your rodents, you know. They use yeah, that's just. They use the feces to uh, to propagate these plants and to fertilize these uh, these these fields, which I never thought that was possible. I really didn't like the idea at all. When I heard it, I thought, you know, I'm a smart guy, but I just don't like put, putting my feces on my food. <laughs> but you know, they have a way of they have a way of uh, transforming it into something edible, <laughs> something usable. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's the point. The 1972, was that, the Clean Water and Food Act, when that passed, you were supposed to basically not have a toilet flushing to a sewer. You were supposed to use your feces for your food resources. Yeah. That's yeah. what all that was. So you know what I'm referring to on that then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're also using pee, you know, pee to generate uh, electricity over in those third world countries. Well, not only that, you could use water for, uh, what is that called, hydro, and you can make your car run on it or your a, you know, generator so many, and stuff. There's so many inventions and there's so many patents and there's so many copyrights and there's so many things going on that just need to be put in the right place with the right people. I talked about this at the board today. Our problem is not a lack of resources. Our problem is not a lack of talent. Our problem is not a lack of skill nor experience. Our problem is not a lack of supplies and materials. Our problem is a lack of, 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 of coordination and communication and ethics. That's our problem. There, yeah. That's our problems. Three problems. Coordination, 
communication and ethics. That's our problems, three of them. Right there. Oh, wait a minute. You forgot one major one. Responsibility. What? Responsibility to the people. Responsibility to the people. So I, remember, like, I remember when we sent clothes to Haiti, and mm-hmm. they were all burned. They were all stolen. You know, by the by, the black uh, ops and the and the and the rebels and and the people never got a shred of the clothes we sent. We sent we sent five truckloads of clothes to Haiti, and the people didn't get a shitting bit of it because of crookedness. And we're back to responsibility. We're back to ethics. We're back to basic morality. <laughs> you know. Well, don't forget when all that stuff was going to Haiti after the the, uh, the what was that storm they had that destroyed it. But when they all the funding, they all of a sudden, you know, people spent a billion dollars over there with the Clinton foundations and all that, and the money disappeared. Well, I'm not. The other point. I'm not sure they spent it at all. I'm sure they just defunneled it somewhere, just kind of refunneled it into their pocket. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick station break. Uh, we have to do that now that we are a uh, real station. So we are going to take a station break real quick, and we will be right back with my co-host uh, Edward Johnston and myself, Mr. Kyler Davenport on APRI.
Wow, ladies and gentlemen, lost in the glow. Please don't go. I tell you what, that's an amazing, amazing song. And this is Kyler Davenport on with my co-host Edward Johnston tonight on Alternative Public Radio International, simulcasting with TalkShoe and Block Talk Radio and uh, FastCast and SonovaCast and a few other casts out there around the world tonight. Uh, New York seems to be at the top of our list tonight again, uh, as usual. Hello, New York. Uh, glad to have you all on out there listening to the Tyler Davenport Live. And uh, we have the 24-hour station up and running, and it's getting just better and better. I'm feeling like uh, maybe I'm a talk show host after all. Maybe I won't quit. Maybe I won't give up. I don't know. I think if I keep, uh, just keep on keeping on. What do you think, Ed? Why as well, because this is how we're going to be able to educate the folks, because this is the one thing. And, like, I want to hit one point. You said if I was running it in a perfect world, all right, we would be sitting there writing off our birth certificate structure. We would be sitting there so that way there is no hunger. So this is the point that I've pushed. One of my bills, I actually tried to get through the House and Senate in Oregon in 1994-95. Washington State actually passed this in 2014, that they started planting food, vegetables, and fruit trees along the highways, byways, city parks, okay? Remember, we have public lands and right-of-way. How come we're not throwing seeds out there? Then this way we have no hunger problem. Mm -hmm. Think, Mm -hmm. folks. We have the solution in our own hands. I mean, shit, go spend 10 bucks on seeds, throw it around the public areas. Then we got food. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is no hunger problem. Hunger problem is a design mental challenge that has been created by, by, you know, fictitious corporations and family generations. They have done this so this way they can control you and your children, your bloodline. Because it's like, you know, they keep running these TV ads about the 1929, and we were all on this starvation. Well, if you really think about it, and you go back in history in 1929, didn't most people back then, they're still living on farms, and most people were not in the city crammed into that structure? Right, right. So step out of the movie and watch the production, how it's been developed. You know, and that's the key point, is stepping out and watching how it's been developed. And we forget that. I mean, here's the other point that I'm going to be posting on your walls. Like ADHD, tension deficit disorder. I mean, here's another stupid one. And I could actually say this because 72, 70 to 72, I was one of the guinea pigs on this for Cal Berkeley and St. Mary's Hospital. Attention deficit disorder, excuse me, if the kids are hyper, you let them go out, what is that? Oh, let them go run around, play, get it out. And then once they get all their aggression and energy out, then they'll sit down and listen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're sitting there drugging them up and destroying their brains by contaminating them, what do you expect the way they're acting when they're 30 or 40 years old? Because they've already been so poisoned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they got this other one I've been watching. It's called Bed, uh, uh, Ben's Eating Disorder. You know, bed, they come up with this new, oh, well, i got another one for you like this one, too. This pisses me off. But bed, I mean, it's another uh, thing. They, they create this stuff because in this way they can go to the House and Senate. They can sit there and create these imaginary diseases for funding. Of course. And that's all it's based on, was for funding. So this way they can create something, so that way they can create a new paycheck or create new employment as they're talking. 
is based on employment, all right? What, 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 what really pisses me off are the counselors and the peer support and even the psychiatrists that fall for this bullshit, even the ones who aren't getting paid back, which I know a few are not getting anything out of it. They're not getting any kickbacks. They've just become stupid, and they do whatever the feds tell them to do. We had a big argument about this today at the board meeting. The feds are taking over Oregon right now in the mental health department. I had a big argument today about this Murphy bill that's coming down and the pike. And uh, the feds are trying to take over and stick their hands and arms and legs and tentacles in everything that Oregon is doing. And Oregon is allowing the doors to be wide open to the feds. You know, Oregon ain't elected in public employees and Kate Brown. And remember, Kate Brown was one of Hillary Clinton's attorneys. Did you know that? Yes, 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 yes. I'm just saying Oregon, uh, Oregon state government is letting the feds come in and just have their way with everybody. And uh, there's not a damn thing I can do about it but raise hell at the board meetings. And that's what I did today, and that's what I'll do every damn month. And uh, I'll continue to raise hell about it and make a fool of myself at these meetings. Uh, no, no, no. Don't make a fool of yourself. Take the evidence that I can provide you the laws and read it to them and ask them, how come they're not honoring your oath of service? Yes. And isn't it true that they violate this and that, and that if they do this, isn't it a funding stru- a funding structure that they're liable for that could actually go to jail for it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And see, this is what I have done. This is why they attack me so bad. This is why they poison me. You know, because I mean, I didn't have a certain issues until after the last time I was they kidnapped me and held me for hostage and threw me in jail. Okay, I mean, right now I'm dealing with this like the doctor tells me last. Uh, Third Wednesday, you know, well, shit, Ed, I'll see you in three weeks if you're alive, ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm seriously, I'm dealing with that. My lungs are collapsing. So it's just one what of those you, things that... What do, you do, what do you do if an officer tells you, if you don't sign this, I can arrest you, if you don't sign this traffic citation? Well, then, then, you, then you write, I always say, they're going to threaten my life. I always put on it, all rights reserved. I mean, like when they did that to me in jail, I actually put that on my, my deal, kidnapped and held for ransom. I wrote it right on the structure. You know, kidnapped and held for ransom. Yeah. You know, and so because that's the contract he's trying to get you to force. And then the other point that we were working on that I wanted to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt, but when they write you a ticket, actually that's a check that you're supposed to be able to take to the Treasury in cash. Mm-hmm. And they hope you don't realize that. See, our structure, this is all a, a, a paper game. When it really comes down to it, it's nothing more than a paper game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the point. It's proving all this stuff. And this is one thing that, you know, me and my associate, we've written this stuff up. I mean, we went after, um, oh, Jesus, uh, uh, Eric Holder two years ago. You know, Eric Holder sat there, and he was supposed to resign for two years and all this stuff, never did anything. So what we did is we filed treason charges on him under the Piracy Act. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought about that before, mm-hmm. which done me, and when we put that in, and then when that happened, we filed the Piracy Act on him. He resigned, and then that's when he came out, and that was part of our Piracy Act that the cities, counties, and states could do could not do. Now you're not saying him. you're not saying Ed that you had anything to do. Now this sounds delusional, and I'll be I'm just kind of making a pun here, but that sounds a little delusional that my friend Ed Johnston may have possibly had something to do with Eric Holder resigning his position. 
that's it's delusional. Believe me, I feel the same way. But also, too, we do have the, the information, and that information is on my uh, my uh, uh, my wall. Uh, on here, let me give you my site. You can look it up because I have it, the letter on the site. Come on, well, I'm computer. Excited. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it, but it still sounds delusional as hell. Well, no, I agree with you. There's stuff that I've done in the state that those things that I filed that I'm still amazed went through and was that we're not fighting so hard today. Yeah. You know, but this is the point of educating, and then they instead of going out and reattacking it, they're trying to change it from the backside. Of course, like they are with the mortgage banking situation derivative. Well, and that's the other one. If you watch that video I put up on mortgage banking, so long as you're a lawful American. That actually has the federal court case that you can claim your assets under the, uh, uh, what do they call that? Uh, I think they call that under the Banking Act of 1933, House Resolution 192. And it actually gives you the Supreme Court case that clearly states it. You know, but it's knowing how to do it. And remember, folks, the main point, please let me illustrate this completely to you. Not only do you have to have confidence in what you're filing, but you have to know what you're filing because if somebody asks you to read it or something to that effect, you can read it and you know what it clearly states instead of putting yourself into a legal position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right? You never want to put yourself in a legal position. Mm-hmm. Okay? But you have to know. It's like the right to travel. You don't need a driver's license. You can type into the Supreme Court since so you don't need a driver's license. And they've actually that, – that started – going all the way back to the 1940s when they started doing that. And remember, driver's license in the state of Oregon did not become an issue until 1999. And I don't know, I argued with Lars Larson on his talk show over it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because you didn't need license and insurance and all this stuff when they went after us today. As what, about, what about the insurance situation, though, Ed? We're back to that. I want to talk about that insurance situation. What about that? I mean, if you have a wreck and you you hit Ms. Johnson and she's Ms. Johnson is 92 years old and still driving and you hit her and knock her off in a bar ditch and you know scar her legs and arms all up what who's going to pay for all that if you don't have any money if you don't have any insurance that's what I was just getting ready to get into about why they did that because mainly it was a senator I think it was a senator congressman uh kid that got hit by a foreigner in this country all right, and didn't have insurance and everything, but it was a wealthy foreigner, very wealthy foreigner. All right, and didn't want to take the responsibility, and he claimed diplomatic diplomatic immunity. Okay, which diplomatic immunity to me does not work with an injured party. All right, clearly, you don't have immunity for an injured party. There's liability and responsibility no, to make immunity. not not with true immunity. There's not a, any injured party. It doesn't matter who's injured. It doesn't matter who's killed. It doesn't matter who's raped. We've already been through this, and this is one of my areas of expertise. Well, everybody, yeah, that's the point. Everybody, everybody at the United Nations, all the way down to the janitor and the girl who cleans the toilets and the guy who cleans the toilets is immune from murder, from immune from everything and anything. The same with the State Department. Total immunity. Total, total immunity. Right, right but you KGB, KGB comes here, and they rape and maim and murder and go out on a murderous night. They're not hell liable for anything at all. Nothing at all whatsoever. Well, well, that's when we, the men, have to take up our arms and just take care of it. That's simple as that. There's got to be some. We got to start getting to be real men again. 
But with that, you know, the United Nations was formed by Nazi Germany and the British government. Yes, of course. You know, and that's the reason why they're getting away with this, because they're still under the Vatican ruling. Because remember, if you look at the Pope's signia, he's still got the swastikas on the Pope. He wears them on his robe. So we don't sound so delusional here tonight. Let me let me say, from hard study and research and experience and lifelong learning, that the United Nations does a lot of wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things Okay, around the world. And I'm involved in many of these things. They do a lot of wonderful things. But what we're talking about on the show tonight is not wonderful. We're not talking about the wonderful part of all these things. Ed and I are talking about the flip side, the downside, the dark side, okay? I want all of you to understand clearly that Ed and I are not saying that government is all bad. We're not saying that the United Nations is all bad. We're not saying that having a driver's license is necessarily all bad. We're just giving you some alternative choices and we're trying to wake people up and allow their imaginations to grow and flow. That's what we're trying to do is present another side to this coin in the matrix. Okay? Mm-hmm. Right, Ed? Yeah, and also, too, it's a personal responsibility. That's the point. We Most people don't have personal responsibility today. Right. Okay? That's why that's what I was getting into. Oh, by the way, I wanted to, I wanted to tag in uh, – Oh, now my, my, I hate it when my computer does this stuff. But the one thing I want to tag, what you were talking about, was, you know, Granny getting wiped out in the ditch. Mm-hmm. Okay? When we're registering our cars, this is what I was saying with the video I had with Senator Roblin. All right? When you register your car and you know, when you buy insurance, it's called uninsured motorist fund. Everybody pays it one way or the other. So if we have the uninsured motorist fund, how come they're not utilizing that instead of pocketing the money? That's well, what pisses you, me off. They ask you nowadays to buy uninsured motorists. Well, Michigan just passed a law for women to buy rape insurance. Yes, I know. I heard about that. I mean, you know, come on, folks. Have we lost reality here? Yeah. You know, so, and, you know, that's what gets to me. So now we're saying women don't have rights. I mean, you know, and believe me, I mean, when it comes to the abortion issue, I mean, to me, I support the woman's right because I'll be darned if somebody's going to tell me how to live in my home. Nobody's going to tell me what to do in my home on my land. Kind of disturbing, though, that we've aborted 53 million babies since 1975. Well, the other point on the flip side is population control. I mean, I've lost two children by one by abortion, and one was done by a hysterectomy that, you know, we found out that they were doing hysterectomies in this country for birth control. And we didn't know it at the time, and I didn't know it until after I was a senator's aide, and I was going through the research for him, because me and him were having some arguments, and he started seeing some of my points with it, but, you know, but I had to say, if I had to, a woman has a right to her body. Or you have a right to your body. And if you're going to sit there and say that you have a religious belief that, you know, that the woman doesn't have a right to her body, the Constitution gives the woman the right to her body. And if you want the same rights, you have to sit there and honor her rights. Now, if you believe in the Bible, and if you believe that God is supposed to judge her on Judgment Day, isn't that what we're supposed to do if we have faith to believe in those things? 
because otherwise we're saying the Bible and God don't exist and we have no faith in anything. And so we're going to dictate through the Bible. We're going to dictate through mankind. And we're all losing at that point. That's the point. We're all losing at that point when we're sitting there not respecting thy neighbor. Well, plus, I mean, if we I... went, plus if we did everything the Bible told us to do, we'd be having sex with our daughter and our sister. We'd be stoning pregnant women. Uh, we would be killing our children, stoning them to death if they disobeyed us in the afternoon after dinner. We would be doing a lot of crazy things if we... Don't forget anything. the animals. Yes, I know all about the animals. You know, and that, I mean, all that is sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. Of course, people will tell you the Old Testament is null and void now. We're under the New Commandment, the New Testament, and so forth and so on. Well, and that's what gets to right. me, because in the Romans 13... Go ahead. I would say Christ came to abolish the law. People, you know, they, they think that means abolish the Old Testament is what they what they think that means, and it doesn't mean that at all. <laughs> but... Well, and that's what disturbs me, because, see, in the New Testament, it says Romans 13 that God gave us the government of mankind. Right. So you shall do what man says, and that even includes walking into a gas chamber. Of course. That includes giving your body and your children over to the corporation. Of course. All right? That's what Romans 13 means. Read it. See what it says. This is what disturbs me, because people want to go by a book instead of going by common sense. Right, right. And, of you course, know, the church was built... The church was built to suppress humanity, to suppress mankind, to suppress people, to make sheeple people. And it's, it's done a very good job of that. I talk to Christians every day up here in the Northwest who are just as dumb as a box of rocks, just as dumb as a box of rocks. And mm-hmm. they, they base all of their life on the New Testament, and uh, they're just dumb as a box of rocks when it comes to any kind of international relations or common sense or intelligence and that's what the church has done. It's came in and just defunct everything and debunked everything and just killed, just killed common sense. You know. Well, that's right. the point. Yeah. No, I, I was just agreeing to your point. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, it's just the fact that they tell you to check your brain at the door at the church. You know, check your brain at the door. Don't bring a brain in here. Whatever you do. Listen. No, and that's the point. When you go to church, you know. And that's the one thing that disturbs me when people go to church. Doesn't people have to compete with one another? You know, everybody goes in their Sunday best. Yeah, you know, everybody's yeah. trying to compete with one another to show your wealth. You know, and that goes all the way back to Egypt time. Why are we sitting there competing with one another? You know, because, I mean, you know, in Ed's perfect world, I mean, you know, if I was running my church, it would be so simple. Mm-hmm. So simple. Mm-hmm. All right, you know, we wouldn't be amazing crobbed up in, inside. We'll be sitting there sharing food, having conversations, mm-hmm. educating each other how to own one another's land. Mm-hmm. So this way we're not uh, subservient to a corporation. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the point. You know, we have the structure to do this, you know, and that's what I was getting with, with the old lady because women. You know, or the old man or whoever, when you're in an accident, we pay this stuff in double identities double in these insurance funds. Mm-hmm. And I have literally gone after this in the state of Oregon for 20 years. Uh, when I recalled the school board in 2002 through 2005, 2003, the Lincoln County, I mean, the state of Oregon got rid of the local school committees because the local school committees actually had authority. Mm-hmm over the board, and I mean lawful authority over the funding and budgets. 
and they sure didn't want people to know that. And I argued with them, and then I was able to prove it. And so when that happened, when I recalled the school board, the next uh, Senate session, three months later, they put a bill in to eliminate the local school committees in the state of Oregon because they didn't want people to know that these agencies, uh, when you're a public servant in that fashion, under the Constitution, you had responsibility to protect people, and that was the stuff that was done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, without us protecting one another and standing up, this is what gets to me. I mean, I live in a community that is horrifying because basically it's like Nazi Germany. I mean, for 20 years, well, 15 years, I've had false police reports, dozens of them, from my neighbors. Most of my neighbors work for the system. You know, I mean, I've had them where they try to put me in jail and, and literally put me in prison and all this stuff, filing false charges. I was actually forced to put my family on the street by my structure of that with the mayor, city council, and that, you know? And it's really hard when you're trying to, to explain things to uh, you know, women and kids and they don't quite comprehend it because they're like, this shouldn't happen and that shouldn't happen. It's like, well, it's happened, and now we've got to pull ourselves together. Here's what we need to do to defend ourselves, mm -hmm. you know? And when nobody wants to sit there and pull it together, you know, and you get put in a position, you know, and you're just caught in a lurch. Yeah. What are you supposed to do? You're not going to go to prison for stupidity. Well, you know, I... I... I work within the system and sort of out of the system. I'm kind of in and out, kind of in the middle. Um, and, ah, uh, you know, the police are very dangerous. The country that we live in is very dangerous. The state of Oregon is very dangerous. Um, mm -hmm. People people need to understand, you know, it's easy to live in the system. It's easy to bend over. It's easy to do what they tell you to do. Yes, it's easy to get a driver's license. It's easy to purchase insurance. It's easy to go sign a mortgage for a house. It's easy to buy a car and pay bank payments on it. It's easy. It's easy. All that, all that stuff's easy. Uh, but, but, but when you turn tail and run from the system and you decide you want to get out of the system, whatever that system may be, you decide you want to get out of it and retract yourself from it, that's when all the trouble starts. That's when all of the hell breaks loose. And this has fascinated me. This is really fascinating to me, Ed, that, that, that all hell breaks loose when you go against the system. Oh, I know. I'm living it. You know. You know. I mean, it's costing my family. I've literally lost tens of millions of dollars over it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had a $50 million lawsuit filed against the city of Toledo in 2007. You can type in Ed Johnson, city of Toledo. And by the way, it's the same judge that's dealing with the Bundy case, and Aiken. Yeah. But it, what it gets to me about it is they dismissed my case. And they didn't have a right to dismiss my case. Mm -hmm. Okay, and this is what gets to me. And then I realized how they were able to dismiss my case because... Number one, I was going through what I thought was a friend of mine that we were working on projects up at the Capitol and stuff. We were getting things protecting the people passed. Mm -hmm. But basically, he, he, you know, sold me for a bigger ticket item. I see. You know, and that pissed me off because, I mean, you know, and then I had another one with Workman's Comp and uh, Liberty Northwest Insurance where I finally, you know, I got my neck broken on the job. I worked uh, seven years with a broken neck and, you know, it took me until 98 to get my final first surgery when it was recommended five months after my neck was broken. And fighting that, and so when I had the $35 million lawsuit on that one, 
The judge dismissed my case and says that I dismissed my own case. Mm. Why would I dismiss a $35 million lawsuit? <laughs> I'm, you know, this is all on record. You know, and I'm fighting these guys, and they keep dismissing my stuff, and they're saying, I dismissed it, and I keep going, well, where's the evidence? Prove it to me. Well, you know where the evidence is. No, because I didn't dismiss my case. Prove it to me. Yeah. You know, and this is what gives to me. But see, when you don't, when you go to a traffic ticket or you're going in and fighting these people on their level, right. you make sure you've got a, basically somewhat of an army, enough people to go in video and audio tape. And believe me, you can type in Chris Walker, Lincoln County. He videotapes me in court. He was arrested. He even got the judge to admit that he didn't have oath of office to be in office. All right? And even if you listen to the eight-hour tape on that, too, You'll hear where Judge Littlehills on the stand, on the witness stand, tells everybody how terrified he is of me because I walk around because I know the law better than they do. Mm-hmm. And he said this in, in court on, on, uh, on trial. You know, and of course the case was dismissed because the jury wasn't buying what the state was trying to charge him with for videotaping. And so you have a right to go into your public meetings and videotape and audiotape them compared to what they tell you. And even in Lincoln County in 1999, we had that case with Frank Landry and Ed Johnston, because they were waiting. Bernice Burnett was waiting, trying to put me in prison, because that's a former district attorney, because that's when they were doing the whole thing back then, is, uh, you know, uh, one drink, one joint, one, one pharmaceutical pill you took, you yeah. know, you know, there's, you know, you take any drug, uh, that's a crime. Right. And they based that on my case. And when I bill went up in the Senate in uh, 1997, it was funny as hell. To me, because Bernice Burnett is using my court case because they convicted me uh, to supposedly drive, and believe me, those little liquid ice drops they sell over the county, remember, those are distilled alcohol in them. Yeah. So my blood alcohol level was point zero 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 two. all right, so they below the legal limit of 0.8. So they convict me of that. I'm being threatened to file that in the Supreme Court to go against that, to go to the Court of Appeals. I mean, I was being threatened by the attorneys and the judges and the district attorney at that point. So I mean, it was heavily threatened. So then when the bill came up at the Senate, and it was interesting because uh, I finally just had to stay up as I just finally said I, I couldn't stand the bullshit anymore. Yeah. And the chair looked at me and he goes, well, Ed, you are signed up to speak, so why don't you speak now? And so I just tore Bernice Burnett up right there on the stand. This was based on this case and stuff. And, you know, a third of the Senate House members on the, the committee knew it, too. Yeah. They were waiting for me to do this. Wow. But, I mean, and remember, these people are out there pushing it for the funding. Remember, when they do this, like the Housing Authority and all this stuff, it's based on economic funding. When they're doing this with ADHD, like the bed, uh, binge eating disorder, you know, they're coming up with all these new psycho- psychological, mm-hmm. you know, issues. I mean, because if you're eating too much, what is the situation? Get off your ass and exercise. Right, I know, but they don't want to tell you that. They want to give you a pill or put you on some kind of a federally funded or state funded program. That's the program, yeah, because that's the new deal in Oregon. Yeah, put you on some new state program. We're going to call you once a week and we're going to check on you, see if you're still smoking. We're going to do this. We're going to give you this special candy. Uh, we're going to, we're going to email you once, uh, once every evening and hell, they're getting millions of dollars for this stupid shit. Oh, they're still running uh, pot drug tests on people, even though it's legal, the hospitals are doing it. Yeah. I know. And they're not telling you that, but they're putting it in your medical records. 
Mm-hmm. And this is the point. You need to find out what they're putting in your medical records. And if it's not what is correct on it, you have to change it. You have to make sure you put in your certified letters and changing this stuff in it. Mm-hmm. You well, know, and I know I've been dealing with it mine because I keep putting this stuff in my record. I mean, years ago they tried to put that I was a drug and alcohol, but they went off of information wherever they got it. Okay, and even the doctors back then were arguing with some of the other doctors because it was like we sat down and discussed the stuff. I wasn't on anything, I've, all right, but they'll put this in your record just to mess with you because if they put it in your record and the other doctors go along and sign that, right, that goes in the House and Senate for the funding mechanisms. I'll tell you, it does. It does. They use everybody as a guinea pig, everybody's medical history and mental history uh, to get this funding in. That's what they're doing is using your Social Security number and your medical mental history. Uh, and what really other the other thing that really pisses me off is they're drugging these children now. They've got them down to two years old. They're drugging them down to two years old. And that really pisses me off. That's That's taking it too far. And, uh, you know, they're making up all of these... Uh, these uh, false diseases and things, illnesses for, for two-year-olds and putting them on drugs. Now, this is something that I'm very surprised the public hasn't stood up for. The public must be dead, Ed. They must be just dead because nobody stood up and said a word about it. Nobody. I know. I mean, even the mainstream media, they can't because the mainstream media is controlled by them. And I know this. i got friends of mine who are reporters. I mean, I had friends of mine back in the uh, – 80s are writing, or uh, 90s writing the structure of oh. 2000. What was going on? I know what I was going and to say. I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you. Have you filed a Freedom of Information Act with the FBI to pull your file? I'm getting ready to do mine. No, I haven't. I'm getting ready to do that because uh, the that last time I was kidnapped. That is. Go ahead. That is so interesting. I just, I was just talking to somebody about it the other day. Another journalist and. He uh, he pulled his, and he was, like, amazed. His eyes were as big around as silver dollars. I mean, they didn't even give him everything. You know, they held some stuff back, you know. But uh, you ought to do that. You ought to file a FOA and uh, get your uh, get your FBI file. Hell, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> no, no, I'm on the same page because I want to do that because when the last time they kidnapped me, you know, they took photographs, fingerprints, and excuse me, and then, you know, now they want to start doing uh, swabs for DNA, all right? And, see, this is where people kind of realize when they're going for your DNA stuff, it's proving your bloodline if you're lawful or legal. Realize the separation of the reality here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay? Because they're doing this to go after your bloodline because they know the average man and woman has no reality of their bloodline and what their family structure goes back, how far it goes back in this country, or even go back to a foreign country where their bloodline even might be royalty in that structure. They're asking you now here in Oregon at the emergency clinics, can we take a sample of your DNA? Yeah, because they're doing that. Yes, they're doing that for cross-referencing and cloning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that people do not realize. They've been, they've been successfully cloning since the 1930s. United States and war and Germany were successfully cloning. When the Adali the sheep came out publicly, seventy years they already had it down to a science. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so don't yeah. be confused, folks. And I know that Russia and China are doing things that would just curl curl you and I's hair, even 
it would curl our hair. I mean, the things that the United States scientists can't get away with, they just go to a foreign country and do it because all these scientists work together. They're all buddies, even from red China all the way to China, all the way to North Korea, all the way to Russia, all the way to Asia, Europe. They're all buddies. They're all buddies. Scientists, mm-hmm. get, scientists all get along. They don't have a problem getting along, <laughs> you know? And if you can't do something here in the U.S., just go to Russia and do it. Fuck the U.S. <laughs> well, that's true, but don't forget in China, they're actually serving human meat in the grocery stores. Yes, I know, I know, I know. We've had some of that slip into the meat here in the United States, believe it or not. Hot dogs and, you know, McDonald's meat and stuff like this. You can type in McDonald's cadaver meat. It comes up. Well, you know, type in hot dogs. It comes up. A lot of people try to debunk that, and many people have debunked a few things here and there. But I don't doubt anything nowadays. I don't discount anything happening nowadays at all. I I'm a conspiracy theorist from hell. I believe I I believe just about everything. I've you know I heard about the Archon infection here the other day. I just I'm going to put this on your page by the way. This Archon infection thing. It's, Go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's just insane, man. It's just insane. It's almost like reading science fiction. But hell, it started to make sense to me at the end. It, at first, I was reading this and I went, "What the hell is this guy smoking, man? He must be taking some mushroom or something." But then at the end of the damn thing, it started to make total sense. And I was like, damn, this is far out. Um, mm-hmm. Talking about the soul suckers and the, another dimension, the archons come from another dimension and they're soul-sucking uh, humanity, soul-sucking humans and all this other stuff. And I'll, I'll just send it to you. It's just wicked. It's wicked. It's a fun read even if you don't agree with it. But uh, so so – why can't we make this go mainstream, uh, Ed? You know, it just pisses me off that we can't take this mainstream. You know, it's getting people to start standing up. Because here, here's the one I want you. To, I, I just posted on your wall. And everybody listening to this, all right. This is the one thing that if you get a traffic ticket, a citation, because I actually have the laws too, where they say they can't even write you tickets, even as a corporation on your birth certificate, they cannot do this. But it's the way you write it up, present it in court. But this just came out on March 4, 2016. The Department of Justice warns local court about illegal, catch my point here, illegal enforcement of fees and fines. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay? Because this is one of the instruments me and Dave filed with the Department of Justice. Okay? Because they cannot write you tickets. I mean, building permits. Building permits are for commercial industry only. But they're saying your birth certificate is because you're using your birth certificate in a commercial manner. This is how they're getting writing citations to you because they're claiming that you are commercial uh, identity. Yeah. You know, and that's why everything I write, you know, I write all my reserve. I'm non-commercial. I'm filed it with the Secretary of State, you know, and I believe the Capitol and the South Senate are well aware of me up there, you know, but it's filing for your rights and standing up for your rights. But remember, when you do that, it's liability and responsibility, all right? Because, see, I mean, it's like I have a 2006 Inspector General's report with the mayor, city council, a couple state reps, a senator, county commissioners, two other cities, mayors and county and uh, council, my neighbors, all filed charges on me, and they tried to put me in federal prison, said I was faking my injuries from my, uh, my on-the-job injuries I had. Yeah. Of course, that goes back where they've been covering up for the guy who broke my neck because his father was the richest guy in the county. And one of the richest guys in the state. 
But, I mean, that was the thing that pissed me off. I didn't give a shit about all that. All they had to do was just pay my workman's comp and let me go. Yeah. Yeah, oh, but they didn't pay my workman's comp because, remember, Oregon was changing workman's comp in 1995 because that's when they put the first real workman's comp division in Oregon. And prior to that, you got a lump settlement if you were in the private sector. And if you were in the public sector, you were set up on your monthly 80% of your income, and they covered your medical, dental, and your transportation. And now... And now what really pisses me off is they've got these doctors, these quack doctors working in workman's comp here in Oregon. They're hiring these private quack clinics to, to examine you for the state. That really pisses me off. They're not taking your independent doctor's word. They're sending you to their specialist. And these guys mm-hmm. are quacks. They're quacks. They got their degree out of a cracker box, out of a, a Cracker Jacks box. I've met them. Mm-hmm. And so that that seems to me to be prejudice to send to to make a decision based on their doctor. That seems to me to be prejudice. Well, not only that, but, I mean that's the same thing as when you get in an auto accident. You're going to the uh, to their repair shops. You're going to their doctors. Mm-hmm. You know, we're supposed to have the rights to have our own. Right. All right, but they keep getting this change. Remember, who changes these things? Senate and House members and attorneys. Okay, and let me put this one up. I mean, there is no such thing as an attorney when you come down to it, folks. When it really, really comes down to it, there is absolutely no such thing as an attorney. You know, because if you look at the dictionary structure in Black Law Dictionary of a lawyer, that actually means a liar. <laughs> it's what it actually states. And they're definitely there to not work for you. They're In most cases... They're there to work for the court, and also they're sworn to the court. And our prosecutors here, our our public defenders here in Oregon, they have such a stacked-up caseload that they'll never get out of it. It's worse than the deficit here in the United States. It's it's beyond belief. They can't even spend five minutes with their client. How can you have justice with that? How can you possibly have any justice? There is no justice in it at all because they know that way that these attorneys shouldn't even be there because they're running off your birth certificate to get paid. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the point. The, almost of everything is built off your birth certificate, and like I read you with Roosevelt put in, you know, $630,000. Remember, that was 1933, so it's worth almost a billion today under today's finances. You think about inflation from there today. All right, and they're writing all this stuff off, and so they're creating their jobs and structure out of it. We're trying to get a real mental health court here in the Northwest uh, where you, you have know. We don't have one. We don't have a real mental health court. We just got out of Well, the point is, yes, we do. Let me tell you, we do too, because the only way that mental health or anything can go through, not only does there have to be an injured party, but there has to be a grand jury indictment. Well, that's, that's, that's you talking. I'm talking about reality here. in. The I'm North. talking reality because that's the yeah, structure of our system. Yeah, but we're educating now. We're going in to educate the attorneys on mental health. They have no education. The judges just got out of a meeting with the judges and the prosecutors. They don't have any. They have no inkling about mm-hmm. mental mental health. Don't they get totally to, confused on that. They do. They don't. Get I sat there with these guys up at the Capitol over Senate bills. I sat there with the Supreme Court judges. Until they can find a way to make money on mental health which I'm sure they will pretty quick because we're pushing for a total mental health court and family court here. 
I'm they'll sure be doing they're, it. They're scrambling right now to find a new way to make new money on our new proposal. They're already doing it. Let me tell you, they're already doing it. I was on bills and committees back in 2003 and four, five and six with Kulingoski, who passed them. Well, these mental health court, these mental health patients don't have any money. Most of them are homeless up here. That's right. But also, too, when you go to the food share programs and you're going to the soup kitchens, and so they ask you for your name and social security number, yeah. and so they're billing it. And when you go to what was that? Uh, what is that organization? Um, Goodwill. Goodwill will ask you to find the back of the receipt, okay? And people will find the back of the receipt and give them their own receipt, and Goodwill is sending that into the state treasury and getting paid for it. So in other words, not only whatever you're paying in goodwill, then they're sending that in, and then they write it off on taxes, so they're getting paid three times. We've already proven this. Yes, I know, and I was working on a deal with goodwill. You're exactly right, and uh, they're plus they're shipping all those clothes over to third world countries, making more money on them over there to the poor poor third world countries. Mm-hmm. And they're billing them off to us. That's what pisses me off. They're billing us for us to pay for it. One guy was visiting Malaysia. And him and his wife were there, and he saw his own T-shirt. Uh, uh, one of the villagers was wearing his T-shirt. Did you hear about that story? From Goodwill. No, I didn't actually. From I Goodwill didn't. here in Oregon. From Goodwill here in Oregon. He <laughs> 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 Goodwill Goodwill was making money by shipping these damn nasty clothes over to these third world countries and having them re-sewn and redesigned, and then reselling them again. <laughs> So they're cleaning up, dude. They're cleaning up. Can you imagine how much they're making on on one of those big crates, ship crates of clothing on a third world country? Oh, absolutely. Not only that, they're building it through the churches as well, so they're getting triple dipping. Yeah, yeah. You know? But I want to bring up one case in Oregon for the Oregonians up here. Gonzalez versus Oregon, 546, U.S. 243, 2006. All right. When a doctor sits there and says, we can't give you pain medicine, quote this case, because this case says that if the doctor gives you pain medicine, you yourself are personally liable Uh for your actions. So you cannot sit there when a doctor gives you medication. You cannot sit there without doing your own research and know what you're taking. Uh Okay. Because if somebody gives you, if you're at a party and somebody gives you a drug, are you just going to take the drug and go along with it? No. If you know you can take something in OD and die. Right. So if you don't check it out, if you don't know that's whatever, whatever's being said, you know, you're taking your own life in your existence. Well, I will say that more people are becoming more diligent in researching their drugs and things. Now that we have Google and we have the online community and MD, uh, dot com and so forth people are taking more responsibility for themselves but not as much as they should when they're handed a pile of drugs from the doctor most people just cram it down take whatever he gives them and doesn't question it whatsoever you know no i know that and then when something happens to them and then they want to blame everybody else and their sister and cousin for what they took and it's like right. I, i've seen this been there you know and it's like folks you know you gotta have some responsibility I mean, that's like when you register your kids. That's why I tell everybody, you know, and I know people have gone through issues where the state tried to steal their kids because they don't have a birth certificate for it. The state cannot interfere because you're not registering your child and giving the authority over to them. 
and realize when you register your child with the state, you are giving the authority for the state to come in and take your child. Yes, I know, but couldn't that be considered abuse in one way by not registering your child because you're going to have to continue to keep them out of the system? You're going to have to keep them on this. No, that's not abuse at all. That is honoring their, their family bloodline and constitution. What abuse would that be? Because you're not the sitting there wanting to give your... To, I'm being the devil's advocate here. I'm being the I devil. get where you're going. Wouldn't the child be not able to go to public school without a birth certificate or get vaccinated? No, that's not true at all. That's what we're led to believe. Okay, okay, okay. Because if you actually read the education funding, a birth certificate record is very, very simple. It's not designed for a registration of a kid's school. Remember, that stuff didn't happen until the 1980s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. That's new. Remember, 1980s and 1990s, not long ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Prior to that, most people didn't have birth certificate registrations. I grew up in California. Not everybody had birth certificate registrations. One of the one of the last things I want to bring up is the fact that it is difficult to live without all of these things that we take for granted every day, like driver's licenses and insurance and a mortgage and. Uh, PayPal account and a debit card in your pocket, a couple of debit cards and maybe a gas card from mobile, Exxon Mobil, whatever. It is very difficult for people to live without those things, Ed. And uh, well, make sure I don't do debit card because every time I do my my structure, I don't do debit. I do credit because credit is positive, debit's negative. Because remember, this country is not in debt. I like that the public servants are in debt, and I've even stayed this up at the Oregon State public uh, hearings for the Senate and House committee meetings, and I've actually served letters to Congress on it. Because my attitude with China claiming that we owe them money, as far as I'm concerned, we take all the elected and public officials, we bundle all their assets in their home, we ship them off with them to China with their assets with them in some cases. (laughs) We claim their land and let China deal with them. (laughs) <laughs> that way they are liable. And, my God, you can imagine the reaction I got from senators and House representatives. When I, I, would love, I would love to see 10,000 of you unleashed on the public, on the government. I'd love to see 10,000 Ed Johnstons unleashed on the government. Well, I just put up there the judge's law with a black letter, what that means. So people can sit there. I try to write everything I do in red ink. Never write in black. Black is dead man's hand. Yeah. Blue is water, maritime law, purple is royalty. Yes. So it is learning our structure, but that's the point is the proper education is learning the structure. And that's the point is like I tell people, you know, I've got videos that I recommend. And even some of the stuff on Ron Paul's site I recommend. I'm going to post this up because this is where I have conflicts with people over bloodline. And I've had people say, well, Ed, what does the bloodline have to do with this country? Well, remember, they've been watering this bloodline down in May, the British government, and those from foreign countries started doing this in the late 1800s because they knew the fact after the 14th Amendment was passed on citizenship. Remember, if you're a citizen, you are not an American. You're a foreign evader of this country. And that's exactly what FDR stated. Uh And this is the point of knowing what the structure is. This is why when people get pulled over and harassed and are going through this, and they wonder why this and that and the other thing happened. You know, because they didn't file for their rights. They're not claiming themselves. 
And if you're in a relationship, I mean, one thing is I am an ordained minister. I have done many marriages, including with the Gastons. And anybody knows the Gaston case in Oregon. I'm an ordained I was the one directly involved in huh? I'm an ordained minister with the Universal Life Church. Same with me. I've been so, an ordained uh, minister since 1973. Yeah, and are you filed and registered with the county and state? Yes. So it's all with me. Okay, but see, I won't sit there and, and register people into that structure. I'm going to put the landmark case to another landmark case with the IRS. Remember, the IRS and their taxes are voluntary, folks. And that's why when you're going to a job and it says when your tax structure and that's 1099 form when you get unemployment, it has a box saying, what does it say? Uh, I, I think it says something to the effect exempt. Yes. Okay, claim exempt. All right, lawful Americans have the right to claim exempt. And I already put some of the other cases. Here's the other case that proves this stuff. This is why you always keep this stuff in the record, so if shit hits the fan, you've got it. And when you file on the IRS, because I've had the IRS, state and, state and Fed come after me twice, and I filed on them, let's go to court. And when I filed on them, everybody went, oh, no, we can't do that. And I said, no problem. Then they want to try to get me into a contract with them. Mm, of course they Well, did. I'm not signing no damn contract because I'm not entering into a contract with a foreign corporation. They came after me for years and finally gave up. I don't know what happened to them. I guess they just decided he's not going to respond. So That's right. Once you don't respond, they cannot even go after you lawfully or legally. They, they, they came after me for I don't know how many years, and I just didn't respond. I didn't even act like I had received anything. Well, that's the other point, too. Yeah, because they don't send you stuff certified mail. Because right. if they do that, and if they ever do that to you, remember, that is mail fraud. Yeah, yeah. It really is mail fraud. It's racketeering and extortion of funds through the mail. It's mail fraud. Well, I'm pretty much off the grid and pretty much out of contract. I, I do have some connections still to the to the system, but uh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I'm just fine. I'm happy. I'm peaceful up here in the mountains where I am. In, in I agree, but before we hit the end of the hour up here, I want to get everybody to know, because I'm trying to get more members on this site, because I put up a lot of stuff on my site for educational purposes. All right, remember, as I say, I'm not an attorney. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a Lincoln liar. All right, and if people know why Lincoln was actually assassinated, he was an attorney. And he would not turn on his obligations to the United States, all right? He would not honor that structure. He honored his constitutional oath of servitude. Remember that, folks. It's servitude, okay? Now, my Facebook site is the United States of America Republic. I like it in public servants' oversight. And it's our responsibility to pay attention to our public service, and that's the taxes, funding, how they're doing it. I filed on John Kitsopper on property tax fraud in the county and all this in 2013. And you can see the videos. You can type that in uh, uh, September 11, 2013, and that's the other time when they came and kidnapped me again off my land at gunpoint because I filed on Kitsopper and the county for racketeering, fraud, and extortion, of theft of services under property tax fraud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, well, Ed, have you ever won a case? We've only got a few minutes, a couple of minutes here. Have you ever won a case with the city, state, federal? Um, you could sort of say I have, and I've actually 
uh, assisted people who have won their cases. You know, but we never brought in the structure that I was involved, if that makes logical sense. Do, do me a favor and keep feeding me all of this information. I'm going to incorporate it into our mental health program and educate some of our folks that we advocate for in mental health that are going through hell right now with the mental health system and all these laws and regulations and statutes. And right, and that's the one thing with mental health. Remember, mental health is a mental creation. Yes. All right. Now, some of it's real from trauma. With people, it's like drug and alcohol programs. All right. I'm against them because number one, the first time anybody took drugs or alcohol was a happy moment. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody did it in a happy moment the first time. You know, experiment. But then all of a sudden, it became the other point where it became dramatic. And when you had pressures or something wasn't going wrong, you ran to a crutch. Yeah. Okay. And that's what it gets to me about these programs. What they say is we don't want to go back to the root of the problem because that could open up scars and stuff to them. Yeah. You go back to the root of the problem, and then that way they can go from that problem to today, see how they developed where they got. And then all of a sudden, and I've done counseling with people, many, many, dozens and dozens of people, all right, done counseling, and you start seeing when they start realizing where they came, then they start correcting their own problems. They make amends. They do things that all of a sudden becomes, and they don't go through AA programs and stuff like this and do it, oh, they did it. No, they start doing it on their own structure where they start realizing how, what, why, and they got there. Ladies and gentlemen, we have run out of time. I want to thank uh, Ed Johnson for being on with me as my co-host tonight. We've had a ball. We've had a very powerful show. Ed, keep that information flowing to me. I'm going to put it to good use, and I'm going to reinsert it into the system out here and reshare it and reshare it and reshare it and reshare it until I'm until I'm purple in the face. So just lay it on me, brother. Uh, I will. Yeah, I look forward to the next time. It's going to be soon because we need to keep doing this. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank all of you for tuning in tonight to Alternative Public Radio International. We are we are going to be here for you, and uh, we are going to do the best we can to bring you the stories that count for people who care. And there's a lot of people out there who do care. And this is real, raw radio meets the road, rubber meets the road radio, folks. So we love you all, and remember, whatever you vividly imagine, ardently desire, and enthusiastically act upon will come to pass. We'll see y'all later. This is Kyler Davenport and Ed Johnston. We are out. Bye, Ed. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.